We're joined by Bas Eichhout, a Green member of the European Parliament and their spokesperson on climate change. He's here to discuss the fallout from Trump's decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement and look ahead to the next big UN climate conference. So uh, starting with Trump, Bass, uh, at the beginning of June, he announced that he will pull the United States out of the Paris Agreement, the historic global climate agreement reached at the UN climate negotiation in December 2015. Did this come as a surprise? I think not at the end. No, no. Of course, it was clear if we would follow his campaign that, that one of his campaign items was uh, getting rid of all this, uh, quote, stupid climate policies of Obama. Uh, but of course, when he got into the office, people were working on him and really tried to convince him that that it would not be a good idea to get out of the Paris Agreement. But I think um, pretty close, well, a couple of weeks ago, it was clear that it was going in the direction of, of that he would bail out. So unfortunately, the moment when he announced it in the Rose Garden, uh, we knew it was coming. Because one of the things that was so striking about the decision is just how many people he ignored in making it. I mean, from the, the Pope to business leaders, and according to some reports, even his own daughter. Uh, many people urged him not to do this, but he pressed ahead anyway. So you don't think there was any genuine hesitation in this? Well, there was hesitation, clearly, because there were indeed a lot of people, even within his, his own administration, saying it's not wise to do that. Also, uh, for example, for his Minister for Foreign Affairs, uh, by the way, an ex uh, ExxonMobil uh, person, he even said, let's stay in the Paris Agreement. So, of course, he was uh, doubting, but in the end, he just followed his initial idea. And I think it was more an internal political reason. He wanted to satisfy the hardliners within the... Republican Party, and well, we see that he is, of course, under great pressure. For example, this 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 investigation over contacts with Russia, etc. Um, and he needs just to to please his base, not necessarily maybe the voters, but the Republican hardline is a kind of the Tea Party branch of the Republican Party. And I think in the end, it was just a pure internal political reason why he pulled out and ignored all the all the advisors. Um, what does this actually mean in practice? I mean, can a country really just unilaterally decide to take itself out of the Paris Agreement? Well, you can, but uh, there are, of course, some provisions in the, in the agreement. So, for example, uh, an important one is that the first three years of Paris, he can't do it. So this announcement might be nice, but uh, the Paris Agreement only started November last year. So for the coming two and a half years, this will have no effect. It's really a political statement, but only after two and a half years. So we're talking about November 2019. Then the UN will get his formal uh, statement that he will get out. And then still the UN will take a year before it's really uh, going into effect. So we are talking about November 2020 when this will take place. And so it's possible we could have another presidential election underway. Well, guess when the happens. next elections are, November okay. 2020. So so he might pull out, but let's hope then another president will be elected and probably he will say, well, I get back in again. Or she. Or she. <laughs> well, yes, let's hope that for once will happen. Yeah. Um, okay, turning to the reaction from the, the EU, um, we saw joint statements from France, Germany, Italy, um, and the EU and China also got together to reaffirm their commitment to the Paris Agreement. Everyone in Europe seems keen to sort of show they want to take up the challenge and embrace the energy transition. Do you welcome all these announcements? Do we have to take them with a pinch of salt? <laughs> 
Well, well, let's first welcome them, right? I, I think uh, we have never seen so many political leaders speaking out on, on how important climate change policies are. So I think that's something that we should embrace, certainly as a green movement. We've been fighting for these policies for decades now, and that now suddenly all the political leaders all over the world are, are saying how important this is. That's a good thing. But, of course, now the next question is, okay, if you, f if you think it's so important, then what are you going to do domestically? Because it's easy to criticize Trump. That's very easy and very popular also. But at the same time, what are you doing back home? What are you doing yourself? And there, Europe... Europe's track record is not not overwhelming yet. Well, I mean, on, the, on that issue, the EU is currently negotiating emission cuts in sectors such as transport and agriculture. I mean, to what extent are there actions there aligning up with these statements? Well, not really. In, in a way, the alignment is not there. Um, if you just look at the target that Europe is discussing, right, that we want to reduce our emissions by minus 40% by 2030, whereas we know as Europe we should be decarbonized 20 years later, by 2050. So if we are only at minus 40% in 2030, then, then it's, there's a lot of work to do then the 20 years after, isn't it? So I think it would be much wiser than to do more already now. But, but, you know, more ambitious targets are not even on the table. And if you then look at the negotiations for these kind of proposals, then you see the countries fighting for all kind of loopholes, flexibilities, ways of softening that target. So we have a target on the table that's not enough. And then on top of that, they try to include additional flexibility to even, well, lower down those targets. So there, I think Europe should be a bit more uh, careful in criticizing Trump and maybe first deliver at home. Okay. Um, looking more at the, the global picture then, I mean, is it possible the world could actually achieve more quicker without the US in the Paris Agreement? Well, I, I think... If you just look at, at, at how climate policies, uh, well, well, climate change, it's looking at in the end how much of CO2 emissions are coming into the atmosphere because there's the climate reacting to, right? So if one big emitter is going to pull out and saying we're not going to do any policies, by the way, don't expect cer certainly a, a huge increase of emissions of the US because the idea of Trump that coal will come back and all that is not going to happen anyhow. Uh, but we need reductions, and they're certainly not going to happen in the U.S., which means that other countries in the world need to do more. So you look at Europe, you look at China, you look at India, uh, you look at those countries who said, well, we will implement Paris. Well, Paris in the end is looking, you know, these climate change targets, they look at the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. So if U.S. is not going to deliver, then others have to do more. Um, looking ahead then to COP23, which is the next big U.N. climate conference, coming up, um, hosted uh, in Bonn, but by Fiji yes. in November. Um, I mean, are you optimistic about the possible outcomes? What are the big, the big issues for this one? Well, until now, uh, it, it's, it's a bit of a, a climate summit in transition. Next year will be an important one, 2018, because then climate science, IPCC, is expected to deliver a new report on what does it mean one and a half degrees, one of the more stricter targets uh, the UN wants to talk about. So in 2018, there will be a lot of pressure for countries to do more because, well, you can already tell that the pledges that are on the table, even with the US, it's not enough for the climate targets that we agreed upon. So we need to do more. That will be on the table for 2018. Uh, so this year, the climate summit was initially maybe less uh, tense. But this now is, of course, going to be the first climate summit after Trump announced he will get out of the Paris Agreement. So... I think there it will be important. How is the rest of the world going to react? But also a question, will the US be there? 
because, well, formally they announced to pull out of the Paris Agreement, but like I said, that will only get into effect by 2020. So until then, they are officially allowed around the table. So is Trump going to send some people over that can annoy the process, to put it mildly, or is he just not going to send anyone? I prefer he will not send anyone, because otherwise he can just mess up with the entire process in Bonn. So that's also going to be a bit of a challenge and, a, and, and interesting to watch. What's going to happen in Bonn and how is the US going to position itself? Will it be there, yes or not? These kind of questions will certainly be there in November in Bonn. Is there any risk that the US, having set such a poor example, will create a, a situation where other countries will now use that as an excuse to soft pedal on their own commitments? There are always in every country, and in some countries you have them more than in another country, there are always streams that will say, well, now Trump is doing this, we also have to reconsider. Uh, for example, in Australia, you hear some voices there. Until now, the, the main countries have said, no, we will implement it. I think a key uh, event is going to be the G20, beginning of July in Hamburg. Then, of course, the 20's biggest economies will come together. And then the question is, where will the G20 be on climate? We already saw the G7 a couple of weeks ago in Sicily, in Italy, where the G6, the others, and not the US, said, we will go ahead with climate change policies. And they even adopted conclusions making that point, although there was no consensus. So that's issue will be on the table for the G20. And then it's going to be interesting. How is Saudi Arabia being there going to react? How is Russia going to react? How is Turkey going to react? I think those countries are a bit the countries in doubt. Will they stay together with the others and say, we implement Paris? So will it be really US totally isolated? Or will you start seeing a front forming around the US? But then guess what? Trump is getting a front together with maybe Russia? Not sure that will help him back home. So it's going to be interesting what's going to happen in the G20. And that's already the beginning of July. Uh, just finally, on the going back to the COP23, um, what do we want to see from the EU coming out of COP23? I think the, U, the EU's first response, initial response to uh, Trump getting out of the Paris Agreement was very good. I think France, Germany and Italy in the lead there. Uh, UK uh, already there. You saw Brexit uh, absence of the UK. But I think the reaction of Germany, France, Italy was good. They were saying, okay, there will be no, there will be no renegotiation and we will continue to implement. But I think in November, then of course, the other countries will ask, okay, Europe, what are you going to do then? Are you going to adopt higher ambitious targets for yourself? And what are you going to do with climate financing? Because the US is bailing out. Well, there's a lot of adaptation that we need adapting to climate change, certainly for the, for the, the poorest country in the world, and, and they need support from the EU. So I think there will be a lot of questions even more on the EU. And, and the first statements were nice, but in November, Europe will need to do more than just statements. Okay, well, we'll see you in November. Basai here, thank you yeah, very much. Sure, we'll be there.